Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where we talk about our favorite beverages and we also deep dive into the world of selling. This week, we continue on our leadership theme and we talk about specifically coaching, really diving into who do we coach because you just don't have time to coach everybody. So you got to pick the right folks and the right ones with the right desire. And then we also talk a lot about the the feedback loop and giving the appropriate amount of feedback, not trying to boil the ocean, but giving some specific homework to those reps and having them come back with real behavior changing uh, activity. So join us here as we uh, enjoy some beer and talk about leadership. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan with the little S in front for sales. And I'm back again with uh, Mark Lampson, president of Aslan Training and Development. And we are talking, continuing the dialogue about leadership. You'll remember uh, last week we actually spoke about really three key points. Um, leadership is really uh, best established one to one. This is not a one to many approach. And we, we measure success not in two dimensions but four dimensions. And by all means, please go back and listen to previous episodes to, to catch up. And finally, there are really three hats that are worn by, uh, by, by leaders. It's really the ability to lead, manage, and also coach. And so we're going uh, to get into that. But with all due respect, I really think we need to stop the presses and crack a fresh cold beverage. So Mark, Tell me what you're gonna uh, what you're gonna enjoy this afternoon. Victory Hop Devil IPA. Victory Whoa. Hop Devil IPA. Uh, you may know I brought some Rhode Island beers to the equation, mm -hmm. but uh, my roots are in New Jersey, Philadelphia area. So a small brewery in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you look at the side of the can, it actually has the brewmaster's approval. Bill, Bill Ron, Bill, if you're listening, thanks for approving. <laughs> uh, and I want to and wanna, send more. I want to say. Uh, <laughs> We need to pick the pace of this up because when I open this, it is a 6.7% alcohol by volume. Oh, so uh, by the end of this yeah. 20 minutes, you could be lying on the floor. Yeah, it's yeah, all that's possible. Right, that's right. Well, um, I today, I, I'm going to enjoy uh, Thimble Island Brewing Company has produced this. Um, let me just, yo, that's, look at the color on yours. That's nice. This Thimble Island Brewing Company coffee stout. Now, I must admit, I'm, I'm not a huge stout person. I'm very curious how this comes apart, comes uh, comes to uh, to taste because it's brewed locally here in Brantford, Connecticut, not too far off. Uh, it's dark um, and uh, maybe chewy if it's that, that kind of stout. Good. Yeah, it looks like the right temperature. Yeah, it does. So um, I'm going to enjoy Cheers. that. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. That is delicious. Yum, yum. How much right. alcohol is in a sip of a six point seven percent beverage? Yeah, I don't know. And I've got I've got six percent in this one, so we may be both may be in trouble. Short by podcasts, and yeah. it's going to get better at the end. Or worse. Excellent. Well, good. So we kind of covered in the opening what we what we uh, we spent some time on last week. This week, I think, um, really, there's a there's a key component of of what we talked about, which is really the coaching, the coaching hat, and I think. Um, you know, there's an aspect of that that is really the time you spend coaching. A lot of people, you hear it all the time. I don't have time to coach. I'm too busy managing or I'm too busy, you know, with forecasts and so on and so forth. And 
And yet, truth be known, it's probably the most important thing that uh, leaders need to do from a sales organization perspective. So tell us a little bit about that time. How do we carve out that time? What's important to to be uh, to to best utilize time when it's with our reps? Sure. Yeah. The uh, the best coaches uh, simply don't coach everybody. That's the bottom line. You know, uh, is everyone coachable? Yeah. If you had unlimited time, but in the reality, you have a team, whether it's four, six, eight, 10, 12, or more reps, uh, you start drawing out your, your, your spreadsheet or your whiteboard about how you're going to coach them all, whether they're inside or field-based, uh, you just don't have time to coach everybody. And so, um, when you strive for that goal, you're sort of set up for failure right away. So then the question is, well, who do you coach, right? That's the natural question. Who do you coach? And and really, if you go back to our earlier podcast uh, about this sort of idea of desire, right? We're trying to turn three dials. A catalyst turns desire, they turn the productivity dial, and they turn the competency dial. Coaching is about turning the competency dial. It's about improving skills. But the key to the time question is that desire determines development. The people yep. with high desire determines who is going to be most likely to respond to coaching. Think about this, right? As a manager, you coach people, you've been a sales manager, you coach people and you see a call, give them some feedback. They say, that's really good feedback. Thanks, Scott. You all agree. They're going to go work on it. They go back. You see them in a month or two. And what happens? It's the same. It's the same thing. They don't do anything different. They don't want to do anything different. They don't do their homework. It's like yeah. going to hire a trainer and you're supposed to go home and do these things at home. And you don't do anything different. And you wonder why you don't get stronger or healthier or lose weight. So well, desire, de- well, desire determines development is rule number one for good coaches. Only focus your energy. I shouldn't say only because maybe, you know, you, you lead those people. You have different conversations. But the assessment, the coaching, the giving the feedback is really best served by people who are going to respond, who have high desire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, in the old days we used to use, uh, what did we used to call it? The, 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 um, right along the feedback sandwich or something like that, where you're, you know, you've got the positive on either end and in the middle is the meat where you tell them Mm -hmm. how bad they're doing and give them the, you know, positive sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Positive sandwich. So, so, you know, there's, there's probably a better way to do that. Right. And, um, and, and what I think we want to talk about next is what, you know, once a coach determines who they should be coaching, what makes a good coach? What are the things that yeah. really allow them to be successful in the development of their people? Well, to your to your sandwich point, you know, everyone, you know, everyone focuses on the the, the positive sandwich I've heard, where there's a positive piece yeah. of bread, and there's yeah. the meat, quote unquote, Ma, the, the meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the meat of the conversation. <laughs> you end with a positive, you know, top or whatever. Uh, so there's a lot of focus focus on the coaching conversation, and uh, candidly. There's some truth to the sandwich. Yeah. I mean, you know, you start with something positive. Yeah. You know, there's something around. They see their own gaps and you sort of kind of wrap it all up and give them a plan. Uh, there's lots of models out there. We have a model. Everyone's got a model. There's lots of things to do and go have a, a good conversation. But the real differentiator, and it's important, but the real differentiator is what happens before and after the coaching session, which which managers miss. So the best managers or the best coaches yep. who are catalysts, the best coaches uh, the best coaches avoid two of the common problems. Here's the here's the two problems we see from coaching. Okay, number one, managers give too much feedback. You could if you or I went on any sales call, you went on my last sales call, I went on your last sales call, and I pay attention and I sit there as an observer and listen. I could write down 
five, 10, 15, 20 things. I mean, you know, maybe I could write down more about your call than mine, potentially. Well, it, and, I mean, and I'm not going to go fix 15 things, to be honest with you, right? Yeah. So I'm I write like, down all those things. I mean, managers are always trying to teach someone to sell like I sold. Hey, look at me. I'm a manager. So yep. I sold well. So you should sell like me. But that doesn't work in personality styles. And that's for another podcast. So I write down 15 things and that's okay. Worse is I tell the rep all 15 things because yeah. I have to, I have to, I, I can't give them positive reinforcement on something that they did wrong. And so what in the world does my, you know, I've used my son before who plays basketball, who enter the game, we're on the way home. And I have two types of conversations. One, when I say, Hey, how'd you make out and anything you would have done differently. And we talk about one thing or the ones where I sort of can't control myself because I'm a little too emotional. I just say, here's the six things that you need to improve in the last you know, hour of your life. And he just shuts down. No one yeah. listens. It's too much. So that's problem number one. Yeah. Too much feedback, too many things. The second, and we'll come, so we'll solve that in a yep. second. Uh, but the second problem is what happens after coaching? What happens after that sandwich is given or eaten or I don't know what actually happens. Do you give the sandwich? <laughs> Do you eat the sandwich? I, if it's a meatloaf sandwich, you, I'm going to have it. You yeah. make the sandwich? <laughs> uh, but it's after the conversation. Uh, You've been in those conversations. How do they end? Hey, Scott, go work on your open-ended questions. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, that's that's really good feedback. I'm really going to go do that. I'm going to do so, that with the cat and yeah, the family. Yeah, I'm going to really think about yeah. that. You go away. We come back. We have another ride-along in a week or two or a month. And what happens? Nothing, right? Or, or even better yet, I start and say, hey, how have you been doing? You've been working on your questions. And, and what I hear is like, oh, yeah, I've been, been really keeping them in mind. I've been really been thinking about it. That's two salespeople feeding each other a sandwich, all right. It's yeah. just a different kind of sandwich, right? We can't say that on the radio. No, we can't. Is this uh, is this we under FCC rules? Is that FCC? I don't know if we're susceptible this? to those. Sort of an internet thing be. or something. Yeah. So yeah, two problems. Managers give too much feedback and they don't know how to focus their 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 sort of what should we really work on. And two, when people leave, they don't really do anything different. They don't really work on it. So it just gets talked about and it's and as a result. Nothing happens. The rep doesn't actually develop better right. skills and competencies. Yep. Good. Well, so why don't we why don't we get right into how to solve those? Um, because we've identified a couple problems, and I'm sure everybody out there is curious about. All right. So you know how do we how do we avoid making these mistakes that previous sales managers all over the world have made? I think you just quit and just become a rep and don't be a manager. That'd be easier. Should we do that? Why do we always take the best reps and make them managers and just assume that's going to work? That it happens all the time, all if, the time. If you're up for the challenge of being a world-class coach, you know, we'd recommend there's two things that, that address those two problems. Uh, one, the problem of, you know, 15 things. That's fine. You can write down 15 things on a call or in a meeting. You're observing your, but then the question is, well, yeah, but which one of those would make the biggest impact? Uh, so here's one piece. You need to use, develop, have, whatever the right word is. Uh, I'm going to put a big word here, a big phrase, but an outcome-based capability assessment. What does that mean? It means you need to have a way to decide what's really important and what's not. When we say outcome-based, it means what happened. So let me give you an example. Uh, we teach in one of our training programs and other centered selling, we teach some four key competencies of kind of the, the dialogue. We talk about engage, discover, build value, and advance. Yep. Well, you know, under each of those, there's several things to do to start a conversation and ask questions. But but what we're focused on is what's the outcome? And so in your organization, it's about defining what does 
engage or fill in the blank, what does that look like? What does good engage look like? And in our world, start a conversation. In general, we say the customer has agreed or committed to the agenda, whether it's a prospecting call, whether it's I'm setting up a, an hour and a half presentation when I get to the stakeholders, I set up the meeting and talk about where we are. And I say, this is what we're going to achieve. And then we're going to take an hour and a half. And this is what we're going to do. And does all that sound good? And, this, and the customers say, that sounds good. They embrace the agenda. Well, if we do that, we're going to say that outcome, that desired outcome, that was achieved. And so if it was, move on. Yeah. As a coach, yep. look somewhere else. Now, we could all agree. I got into an argument with one of my managers one time about, well, I always hand out business cards. You know, I like to hand out business cards. Well, I don't hand out business cards because I don't think anyone uses them. They can go round and round. But at the end of the day, so, so that's an opinion. But what's not an opinion is, did the customer agree to the agenda? If they did, who cares about the business cards? But if they didn't agree to the agenda, now business cards and did you confirm time and did you give a general benefit? Now those behaviors are relevant, but don't focus on each and every behavior. Focus on the high-level competencies defined by an outcome. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. And 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 that's the key to the byproduct of that. So it helps develop the rep. But what happens in an organization is that makes everyone more consistent. We we run something called coaching focus. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a consistent definition. Yeah. We run coaching calibration sessions at clients. Right. And we say, OK, great, let's have six or eight or 10 managers listen to the same phone call or recording of a sales meeting. Theoretically, we should all see the yeah. same thing and, quote unquote, diagnose. So we call this diagnose. And maybe I didn't use that word. What happens before the meeting is diagnose. Right. If you're a doctor and you're going to treat somebody, you better have the right diagnosis. Yeah. When your diagnosis is 15 things deep, you're just spraying and praying and nothing happens. Yeah. So you're diagnosing the one thing that would have the biggest impact. And so when you figure out which competency, okay, engage is okay, but discover. Discover is about getting someone to reveal their honest needs and feelings. That didn't happen. They clammed up. They gave you short answers. Now we double click on that and say, yeah, in every capability, there's probably, you know, four to seven behaviors that drive the ability to sort of ask open-ended questions, provide a relevant reason, acknowledge properly, et cetera. When we look at those, then we can get down to, and, you know, we can get down to the real issue. And it's not about one particular sales call here, right? We all have our good and bad calls. It's about sure. looking over time, you know, handful, three or four. You start to dial in using this approach. What's the competency that's the issue or the capability? And what's really the behavior that's kind of a, a problem? Well, and you know, I really like this coaching consistency thing because when you think about, I mean, both of us have worked at other companies where you have really fast growing companies that are growing their sales teams and people promote from within teams and, and move from inside sales to outside sales. And the better the coaching is consistent along all those lines, that makes it easier and, and certainly better for the development of the company and the growth of the company. So I think that's a, that's a key component that we, uh, we don't want to overlook. Good, good. So we, so we've talked about sort of that outcome-based capability. Um, and, and I, and I, and I like that word diagnose. What about the other side, sort of, sort of the the uh, the development side? Yeah, so that's the word we use, develop. So diagnose, right? Then there's a conversation. You walk into a coaching session, and to be clear, diagnose happens days or weeks before, or it happens on your way from the call to the Starbucks, you know, to, yeah. to lunch. You, right. You're just using that tool, piece of paper, but you're going through your mind and saying, you know, what's really the, the one or two behaviors? So you come to the meeting with one 
Ideally one. It's one behavior. I mean, that's what good coaches do. Good coaches figure out what one thing can you do better to improve your result. That's what that's your job. That's what good coaches do. They figure that out. Yeah. There's some, those tools and these things, and whether you do it on paper, or whether you do it on a on a on a tool, like a web-based application, you know, we have something called Catalyst Dashboard, whatever you do to help you get there. You're going into the call, into the into the coaching sessions with that information. Then there's the conversation, and you leave with agreement that that's the behavior to focus on. But then what to do about it is where things go wrong. And we call that develop. Mm -hmm. True development happens. Nothing happens in a coaching session. I mean, you're coaching. You might role play a little. You might practice. But all you're doing is gaining agreement on this is what I got to work on. You got to go work on it. Uh, it's like going to... You know, if you've ever had a golf lesson, to, to use an, an analogy, you go to a golf lesson, a good golf pro will look at you and he'll look at your swing and, and he or she will say, this is what your problem is. Right. Hypothetically, it's yeah. your backswing is or off problems plane. in my case. Yeah. yeah. Well, they pick one thing though, right? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Right. You have plenty of problems, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, on and off the golf course. And so <laughs> get a little golf course. Give me one to work on psychology. at a time, please. Yep. Yep. But, you know, they'll say, hey, in my case, they'll say, you know, you're when you do have a backswing, it's like it's off plane. You pull your club off of plane, whatever that means for you non-golfers out there. But here's the deal. They don't say work on that because if I knew how to work on my backswing, I wouldn't be here in the first place. Right. So what the golf pro does is they say, I want you to go to the range twice in the next week. And I want you to get a large bucket of balls. I want you to take a tee and I want you to put it six inches behind your ball. Yep. Then line up and I want you to have one thought. When you pull the club back, bring the club head over the tee. That's it. And then swing. And you'll hit the ball. You'll miss the ball. I don't really care what you do. They just say, just bring it over there. Do it once on Tuesday. Do it once on Thursday. And I'll see you Friday or Saturday. And we'll have a second meeting. Yeah. De so, development a lot of times is not comfortable, no. right? You're, you're doing something new and you got to do it many times before it becomes comfortable, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and so, so you go do that and guess what? Like it actually starts to change your swing. So the difference is go work on your backswing. I'll, I'll share a high school story. Yeah. In my, yeah, I played uh, high school in basketball my first two years. I had a uh, a great guy as our coach. He was a six foot ten UNC Hall of Famer. Uh, nice guy, talented, successful, and he realized pretty quickly, along with everybody else, that I was really slow. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the guy at the very end of the pack running yeah. suicides, yeah. you know, like that's how you kind of know. It's the yeah. indicator. That's that's the outcome based capability yeah. assessment. You are last. Hey, you're again. last. That's yeah. bad. What he would say, though, see, he was a manager. He was focused on the activity. He would say, run faster. Yeah. Right. Hey, make more calls. Run faster. Run faster, Lamson. Pick it up. And he said lots of other things that, again, FCC regulated can't sort of media can't say that. And I'm like to myself, well, I, 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 I freaking know. Like, I know to run faster, but I can't. Yeah. So he goes away, and my junior and senior give it a new coach. Little short guy from Camden. Probably not a great ball player. Hmm. But coach, yeah, a real coach. And he says, Hey man, you're on the slow side, aren't you? <laughs> and Tino Monti, Coach Tino Monti, this is going to you if you ever hear this, man. And he says, You're on the slow side, huh? Yes, yeah. He says, Your problem is your stride is too long. Hmm. He says, You're trying to get your gears going too big. He says, So I'm gonna go over to the side, I'm gonna put tape on the side of the you know, the the mysterious spot when the bleachers get pushed back yeah. in the gym. Yeah. I'm going to go over there and put tape on the sideline. You're going to run over here in the special group over here on the side when we run suicides. He says, I don't care about how fast you run. I care that you touch every piece of tape. 
Interesting. So just do that. Yeah. We're doing two weeks. And guess what? I picked up three and a half seconds on a 21 second suicide when he took the tape. Yeah. So that's a developmental activity. That's so he diagnosed my strides too big and now I'm going to fix it. Versus if he said, just focus on making your stride shorter, that would be hard to do. Very specific and a way to actually learn it. So here's the answer. The answer to number two to develop is just give homework. That's the answer. Give homework. Yeah. If if it's really open questions, right? If it's really, hey, you need to work on more open questions. When the rep leaves the session, don't say work on your questions. Say what? Say you have lots of categories to choose from. You can write things down. Go write 10 open questions. You can self-assess. You can say, go try, go take five of them and ask one of the next 10 calls or meetings and say, how did they work? Uh, another category is you always have an expert. So whatever problem you're trying to solve with one rep, there's probably another one who does it well. Mm-hmm. So say, you know, Susan does open questions, you know, ask open questions. Well, go sit with her for an hour or two. Can I say just why can't you be more like your brother? You could say that. Yeah. 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 That's is, what I do at home. Is I, that in a sandwich? Is that? I, it's a different analogy, I think. <laughs> but yeah. this goes back to the time thing, right? Yeah. So let's be clear. Development is not about you holding your hand and spoon feeding them. It's directing them and saying, go do this activity, whether it's yeah. write it down or read this or review your training or sit with an expert or whatever it might be. And what you're asking to do is to do the activity. What the school was asking my son to do is do the homework and bring the homework back. If this, if my, if my kid does his homework and he goes back to school and doesn't do well on the test, then that's a teacher issue. They need to assign different homework, right? Yeah. yeah. But if he do, doesn't do his homework, well, that's his problem. Same thing for your rep. All the way back to last week with desire and yeah. Same yep. thing with your rep. Yep. If they come back, if they did their homework, great. Let's talk about if it improved. If it did improve, great. If it didn't improve, we'll work on it again. But if they didn't do their homework, there's no reason to coach. I had a I had a simple rule that worked pretty well. When people would come to my office for coaching, I'd say, did you do your homework? What do you mean? I mean, last week we agreed you were going to do this. When I say this, I'm talking about 20 minutes, 30 minutes of time to do this. Did you do your homework? And I got two answers. I got a, yeah, here it is right here. And let's talk about it. Great. Or I got well, you know, I've been kind of busy and well, you asked us to really focus on these customers and for the report and I didn't get a chance and they just said, my dog ate my homework. And in that case, I say that if you, if we agreed this was your problem last week and you haven't done anything to improve it, what do you think the chances are it's different and why should we have another coaching session? Yeah. It's not a punishment. It's just truth. Go back. Yeah. And when you do your homework, come see me. And some people would come back and get the idea and some people wouldn't. Some people still have the homework that they owe me from yeah, 20 years ago. Because it's yeah. silly to coach those people right. if they're not going to do that. that. That's where, let's loop it all the way back around. That's where the desire, people yep. get on that side where they're not, that's where I'm not going to spend you as really much time. You really can't force it. You can't. You can't. They've, they've got to want it on, the, on their side. So, yeah, two problems. Too many things I give a rep and I don't give them any homework on the back end. Two solutions. Diagnose. Right? Use, use an outcome-based way to get down to one behavior for one competency and de- develop, give them homework. Excellent. Well, this has been extremely uh, helpful, I think, for a lot of folks out there. And again, you know, Aslan Training and Development, we do these because we want to we want to spread this this truth out into the market and we want people to be able to pick this up. Um, and, and I hope uh, people are getting value out of this. In fact, if you uh, have ideas for future podcasts, like certain things, don't like certain things, drop a comment down below. 
and tell us what you think because we want to make these useful and uh, fruitful. And uh, we just we're just begging for a beer sponsor. Yeah. Frankly, I mean well, to be yeah. honest, that, that would that would be great. I, yeah, <laughs> and share your share your success stories too. I mean, you know, we we're kind of real focused on this. Uh, you and I have gotten a little too serious. I'm not sure how that's yeah, happened. Yeah, I, I don't apologize enjoy for that, that really at all. Uh, but, you know, we're all focused on results. But this is about changing people's lives. This is about connecting to, you know, from a week ago to to the guy's, uh, you know, mom's house with a circle brick driveway. Uh, oh. So it, it's just it's just it's just about helping people improve, helping people develop. And, you know, jeez, uh, someone someone once gave me a, uh, a sign I'm looking for my office is, is to teach to teach, and can I sort of cross that out to say to coach, Yeah, uh, is to touch a life forever. And some of the most impactful things that we can do as a leader, as a catalyst, is to help people change and improve. And and this is the hard work it takes. So I don't want to lose, it's not just all about sales numbers. It's about helping people leave fulfilled lives, to be other-centered, um, and to ultimately, you know, just 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 grow in our in our ability. So uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and so I think just to yeah to summarize, uh, a good coach as we as we really deep dive into that part of this is really to diagnose and develop, and that means outcome based uh, capabilities, and that means making sure you leave the rep with homework that you can uh, hold them accountable to before you'll coach them the next time. And again, not a penalty, just. Just join accountability in the development of that individual. And I think that's uh, that's a key takeaway. So thank you, Mark, for all of that. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Ales with Aslan. And we hope you go out there and master your craft. See you next time. Well, that was sure fun to be with Mark again, talking leadership and really specifically coaching as we really dove into the time that it takes to be a good coach and the fact that you just don't have enough time to coach everybody. So you really have to find those that are desire, who have high desire and want to learn and want to be better. And then really focusing on what happens outside the time when you're together with your rep, uh, where you actually prepare appropriately for the time that you're going to spend together, give the right amount of homework and not try to boil the ocean with uh, with too many things to work on, but pick those two or three tangible things that they can get better at. So thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Ales with Aslan. We'll see you next week as we continue our journey into the world of selling.